Welcome to episode 371 of the show. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you remember that I announced a project over here on the podcast. I mentioned that I was going to be writing for a website that's run by a friend and a former client, Flora Ungo-Martins. And the website is one of those general boutique websites where she has writings on a whole, whole, um, whole host of stuff. But the part of the website that I'm interested in is where she puts um, write-ups about uh, business. Because um, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that uh, that's my forte. That's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in, especially when we're talking about the persuasive arts, when we're talking about sales and personal selling. Maybe I have one or two opinions about uh, marketing and other forms of marketing like advertising, branding and things like that. But my forte, the thing that I eat, drink, sleep and breathe is sales. So I started off, I think we started off last month and one article was published on, uh, I think that must have been the 11th of April or the 11th of March. I can't remember. And it was on how to handle a non-paying client. Um, the reason why we're using that title is because I figured instead of just um, basically regurgitating everything that I already talk about here on the podcast over on our website, I figured it would be nice to have um, case studies that we can walk through, um, have her... Um, audience send questions in and then I answer those questions and then unpack how selling principles apply and then that way it's not going to be dry and academic with me just coming up and talking about sales from A to Z but you guys are going to have very concrete examples about um, how we apply these principles and how we run through things when we have specific challenges and the first question on the list that her audience um, had and that I think is going to be good for uh, us to address over here on the podcast was how to handle non-paying clients. Now, since um, initially the project was going to be a written project, I decided to space it out into several parts because um, the question has some nuance to it. And so it's not something that you can sort out in one article. So uh, on her website, the part one of the article, how do I handle a non-paying client is already up. And now we are scheduled for part two and part three. I'm not sure how many parts it's going to have yet. I haven't finished gathering my uh, thought process because I'm just taking it one step at a time. Um, so now that we're up for part two, I had another proposal to her that rather than me writing a post, because I realized that trying to write a post and um, trying to write up uh, write a post and try and cater to different scenarios was getting rather tasking and then the whole thing was getting rather lengthy so i figured why not just make a podcast recording maybe transcribe it and then uh that solves the problem and she can have a link up to the podcast over on her uh, post so people can read the transcription or maybe read a summary and then they get to listen to a podcast episode and so that is what today's podcast episode is about we are moving on to part two of how to handle a non-paying client and when we're done with the series uh, for the benefit of those of you who listen to the podcast only i'm going to um make a uh, podcast recording on what part one was so you guys can get a handle of how we started off the whole conversation but uh, a mini recap, basically part one of the um, article or part one of uh, the conversation on how to handle a non-paying client 
was to use sales principles to make sure that you don't get in bed with the wrong business partner in the first place. Now, the reason why this is a uniquely uh, sales-oriented uh, perspective is because sales, unlike other disciplines, is not really concerned with solving problems per se. I mean, we solve problems eventually because problems come up. But the preoccupation of a sales professional or a salesperson is to make sure that problems do not even arise in the first place. So that's why we spend a lot of time at the qualification stage to make sure that we are speaking to the right person who has the right need and that we have the right inventory or the right skill set to solve the problem and to be sure that our understanding is um, that our expectations are matched when it comes to uh, payment and other forms of fulfillment so that we forestall a problem in the first place because a professional salesperson is keenly aware that for you to make money for me to make money over the long term i can't afford to keep making enemies left right and center and disappointing people up and down and uh today, tomorrow, and next tomorrow. So I have to make sure that with each transaction, or rather with as many transactions as possible, I score a perfect 10, everyone is happy, and then I can focus my efforts on trying to get some repeat business, getting people to come back, and also to get them to refer uh, their friends, uh, their associates, their business partners, uh, their spouse, uh, what have you. So as a sales professional, my proper attitude is not just to capture this sale, but to capture the long tail or the lifetime customer value of the whole um, situation. So as a wedding photographer, the preoccupation isn't just to make sure that I score 400k now, but it's to make sure that I score 400k now and I score 10 over 10 so that I can get the bride and groom back for baby photos and get them back for the dedication and get them back for the baby, uh, what's it called, the birthday parties. And also maybe to get an introduction so that if uh, the bride and the groom work in a corporate setting, I can get introduced to someone in the office so that I can cover the corporate end of year parties, uh, maybe provide a photo booth as well. Also maybe get referred um, to members of the bridal train so I can end up covering their own weddings or whatever special occasions it is that they might be having. And I'm sure by now you are getting the picture. And so that is the preoccupation of a professional salesperson. So we don't even want problems to arise in the first place at all because we are looking towards a long-term view. We're trying to capture um, long tail of the transaction and we're trying to maximize customer lifetime value and the power of the relationship. So basically, uh, yeah, that's it. So part one, how to handle a non-paying client is to make sure that you don't get in bed with the wrong business partner. Make sure you don't get in bed with the wrong client in the first place. And so in the future, I'm going to make a recap in detail um, about the sort of advice that I gave Flora's um, audience um, over on that um, post. So yeah, so that's it basically part one. We looked at how sales skills can help prevent you from being yoked with a non-paying client in the first place. Now part two assumes that you have already gone past that stage. And right now, you're already in a pickle. You're already in a biggie. There's some problem. And you have gone past that stage where somebody can tell you that prevention is better than cure. So now the question is, how are sales skills going to help you out of this quandary? The average person, especially for those of us who have a legal background, well, Flora has a legal background, by the way, as well as her husband. So, um, yeah, so just a bunch of lawyers on this one. So the average person is going to uh, be talking about, um, you know, requests for payments, getting lawyers involved, mediation, blah, 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 and all those things. And all that is um, 
all that is good. But the thing is, if you've made a request for payment and you have been rebuffed, then from a sales perspective, we're trying to look for a situation where we can set up uh, a meeting so that we can resolve this thing um, amicably. And when I say amicably, I don't mean that we are trying to set up mediation or arbitration or any of those things. Those are legal terms, basically, where the court system has come up with ways to make sure that partners can sit down and solve their problem with some sort of umpire or with a judge. But it's not that judge is not going to be part of the uh, formal court process. So that things can move along quickly. You guys don't spend too much uh, time and hopefully... Too much money and then hopefully it's not going to involve uh, too much of a quarrel so i'm not talking about any of this uh, formal um, or judicial things where people are coming before a panel but i'm just assuming that uh, this is a situation where uh, man to man or woman to one one professional to another you guys sit down and we're trying to um, get an amicable resolution however Assuming that you are in some serious busy, maybe the money that is involved is, uh, I don't know, let's say 1M or 2M or something, then maybe you might have to speak to a lawyer. If you feel like you're in a really big hole, then yes, it might be a good idea to talk to a lawyer. But assuming that it's not one of these big, um, massive, serious, life-changing issues, then it actually is um, a good um, a good idea to follow the common sense sales approach to see how we can uh, sit down one-on-one -on -one to try and resolve uh, this matter. So remember, I'm not talking about alternative dispute resolution, arbitration, mediation, and all those other formal stuff that lawyers do to see how we can settle matters quickly and privately. I'm talking about two business people sitting down to talk through a difficult situation. Now, before you reach out to uh, someone who is your, what is it called, is it creditor? Someone who owes you money. So basically, the person who is owing you money, before you reach out to the person to initiate the meeting, um, it's important that you need to have a meeting agenda because lots of times people call for meetings without having a clear sense of what we hope to get out of it. And if you don't have a meeting agenda, but then you uh, end up calling this person for the meeting, this person who is uh, owing you money, then you're going to, the meeting is going to end up being ineffective. That's even if they uh, show off, sorry, show up. So if we're going to call for a meeting because of um, outstanding debts, we have to be very, very clear about that when we're reaching out to the other person in the lead up uh, to the meeting. And it's sort of the thing that a salesperson is going to do because we want to be absolutely clear. Uh, we have a um, set agenda before we reach out to the other person because uh, nobody likes to show up for a meeting or a chat without knowing what it is that we're going to do, or what it is that we are going to accomplish. Now, one sales pro tip um, that I'll put there is to pick up the phone. Sales professionals already know that uh, to advance the relationship, you pick up the phone. If something goes wrong, you pick up the phone because it's a lot easier, even if you want to have a good old-fashioned quarrel, it's a lot easier to have um, a quarrel without burning the whole world down if you pick up the phone. On the other hand, if you guys are sending emails back and forth or having your lawyers send messages back and forth, you guys are just ratcheting up the anger. You're getting angry and angry and angry. And then plus, um, using the phone when there's a problem is a lot more effective because 
You can achieve quite a bit if you have a 20-minute conversation rather than you send an email, the person reads it, gets angry, but doesn't respond today. They respond tomorrow, they fire another one, you get angrier, you give another day or two, you fire another one. Uh, before you know it, you guys have been sending emails back and forth for two weeks. Each time, each of you is getting angry and by the end of week one or maybe week two, I mean, both of you are absolutely convinced that the other person on the other end of the email is an absolute bastard and this person is not taking you seriously. But if you picked up the phone, it could have been a 20-minute conversation, things can simmer up and then cool down. And it's not easy to vilify someone when you are either sitting face-to-face -face or when you guys are um, over the phone. So it's a good idea to call. Uh, you might call for the meeting over... Um, so... Uh, where was I? I've lost my train of thought. Okay, so yeah, so uh, if you're going to call for the meeting, yeah, pick up the phone. Eventually, you're going to use the email, of course, to uh, just to make sure that something is in print. You know, like when you're done, you send the email as a reminder um, or uh, something like that. But in my own opinion, I'd say pick up the phone. But let's say you're not convinced and you want to use uh, email to do that and you don't want to listen to me because there are some people who don't uh, follow what I think is common sense. If you're going to send the email to call up that meeting, don't send a letter or email with a heading for something sounding quite formal, like uh, subject, um, request for meeting to resolve outstanding payments. Uh, you know, something like that. All those um, meetings that we Nigerians like to come up with because um, when we went to primary and secondary school, that was the way that we were taught to write uh, formal and business-related um, um, correspondence. So remember, I said that emails and letters can come across as confrontational because they are excessively formal. And then you start off with this kind of heading, um, uh, you know, request for a meeting to resolve uh, outstanding payments uh, or attention, dot, dot, uh, outstanding payment request or whatever. Those things can come across as excessively uh, formal and confrontational. Another reason why it's going to seem confrontational is because when you're just limited to text, to the email uh, or to the WhatsApp, there's no other way to infer any context or meaning around it. On the other hand, if you pick up the phone, it'll be easy to, to hear um, if you're being aggressive or um, if you're trying to be um, considerate uh, or what else. It'll be a lot easier to pick up all kinds of um, context and uh, around uh, tone of voice, uh, your cadence of speaking, uh, things like that. So now, um, so that's it about uh, using uh, emails to call up this meeting. So now for those of you who are going to um, agree that we should uh, use the phone, then uh, pick up the phone and then use a simple conversation outline. This is one that I've been using for a very long time. So those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you should be familiar with it. And that is first, there's the greeting, then your intention, then a question, then a proposal, and then you close. I'll repeat. First, there's the greeting, then the intentions, then you ask some questions, then you make a proposal, and then you close. For greeting, that is straightforward. You start off the conversation with an appropriate greeting. I've already said lots of times in the past that appropriate greeting depends on the uh, context in which uh, you guys are operating. So appropriate greeting could also be uh, good morning, bros, uh, good morning, sir, or uh, let's see, what else? Or um, hello, Jane, or I mean, it depends on the context. 
it depends on the context the context uh the industry the kind of relationship that um you guys have been able to establish because in some situations it might even be appropriate to just start off by calling the person by picking up the phone to say hey buyer how far you know so it depends appropriate greeting i'll leave you guys to use some um discretion there then after that you want to move quickly to the intention because when people are on the phone they like to get straight to the point they want to know why is this person calling so uh after you um have the greeting um you know a simple statement will do i'm calling because of the last invoice that we sent something like that so hey bio how you doing now how far i'm calling because of the last invoice we sent so you can see step one step two that didn't take um much time then after that you move into the questions the reason why you ask questions is because you're trying to figure out um, what the situation is, where you guys stand before you make a specific proposal. So in this case, the question could be something as simple as, uh, you know, we sent the invoice uh, last week, Wednesday, but you guys haven't made the transfer. So is there a situation or is there something you guys are unhappy with? And then, of course, it's important in the sales that when you ask a question, you keep shut and you wait for the answer. That's going to determine what will happen next. Now, I'm assuming that uh, Bio or Jane is going to say something. You guys are going to have some conversations. You'll bounce back and forth and then things like that. You have a better sense of the situation. And then the proposal, remember, we're aiming for a meeting, would be, okay, so uh, the issues are one, two, three, four, five, six. Would you be okay having a meeting so that we can sort this thing out in person? And then, of course, Bio or Jane is not going to be a jackass. If you've done your job right, you're not going to be dealing with a jackass. So Bio or Jane is going to say, Sure, no problem. Um, let's have a meeting. And then, uh, after we've made the proposal, the next step is to close. The idea of the close is you get them to take an action or to commit to an action uh, just to show that you guys are on the right track. So in this case, it will be, okay, so Ogabayo or Madam Jane, um, a meeting, you've agreed that the meeting is going to be okay. So how about Thursday, 9 a.m.? Is that going to be cool? And then, of course, Madame Jane is going to say, ah, 9 a.m., no, I'm doing this. And you say, oh, what about 12? She say, oh, I have pick-up, uh, school pick-up, I have to pick up the children. And you say, okay, what about Friday? And she say, oh, Friday, 9 a.m., yeah, that's perfect. And then you guys also agree to the venue. And then you say, okay, so Madame Bayo, uh, sorry, okay, Bayo is the guy. So you say, uh, Madame Jane, um, I'm going to forward uh, this, I'm going to email uh, so I'm going to CC this email to so 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 and so. I'm assuming that this person is going to be there at the meeting too. So uh, just so that everybody knows that we're good good, uh, good to go. Please, when I send the email, just reply so that um, everybody knows that uh, we're all good to go for the meeting. And then she'll say, okay, thank you very much. Or Gabayo will say, okay, thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Friday. And I'm confident that we'll be able to sort this out. And you see that that's a simple process that we have um gone through in this case so we picked up the phone with the appropriate greeting you know hey jane how now are you guys doing and then we'll move to the intention the reason i'm calling is because of the last invoice that we sent and then we moved over into a question i'm assuming that since you guys haven't transferred uh made the transfer now uh, i'm assuming that priorities have changed or you guys are now happy with something so uh what's the deal how far and then you guys will talk back and forth and you know you say a, she will say b you say d you guys go back and forth and then after that you make a specific proposal okay um i think we should sit down so that we can have a meeting to sort this out would you guys be okay with that 
And of course, since you're dealing with a human being, they're going to say yes. Oh, by the way, in the first uh, article, I examine scenarios where you're dealing with someone who's not a human being. I mean, somebody who's an absolute savage. So those scenarios are covered. So here we're assuming that we're dealing with reasonable people. And so they're going to say, yeah, sure, no problem. And then to close, you get them to commit. And in this case, you're going to get them to commit to a day. Is it Thursday or Friday? And a time, is it 9 a.m. or 1 a.m.? Oh, sorry, I said 1 a.m. 1 p.m. Uh, is it 9 a.m. or 1 p.m.? And then we're also going to get them to uh, commit to who else is going to be uh, there at that meeting. Is Madam, is, uh, Madam Jane going to be coming with uh, her accounts person or with her operations manager or whoever it was that received delivery of what it is that you sold? And you guys agreed that you're sending everything through the email and CC the other parties. And she should just hit reply. Uh, so that everybody knows that we're good to go. So you've gotten them to uh, commit. So the examples that I've given here are not really um, scripts per se that you should follow. So use the flow, use the verbiage, use the words, uh, whatever it is that fits your style and your personality. This whole thing doesn't even have to be done in English. I was like, uh, for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a while, know um, my video guy, uh, Shagun, that's my main video guy, uh, he knows how to do that Yoruba thing very well. And so, you know, we might start off the conversation in English. I mean, not with me, but with some clients. And then next thing you know, they're doing that uh, Yoruba stuff. And, you know, I don't mind because it helps everything flow well. Because if you guys are, if you guys enter Kwarapo, then, you know, it's all good. Because it means that uh, we're building some uh, rapport and we're building the relationship. You know, I don't speak Yoruba or Hausa. So, um, yeah, whenever I'm flowing with people, handling a sales conversation with people who know how to flow in that regard uh it's not a problem for me it's a plus i mean some of you might say no that's unprofessional but in my own opinion um the context the context and the relationship uh, you know it depends so this whole thing doesn't have to be done in english so if both of you are Igbo and you guys know how to flow uh Igbo, then do your thing if you're yoruba do your thing if you're going to do it in english then do your thing just uh, something that fits your style, that fits the context, that fits the personality of um, both of you. So as you can see, if you use a phone call and you follow this format, you're going to be a whole lot effective in calling for a meeting than sending emails back and forth over the matter. Because with the email, you send one angry email, there's then another angry email, and then another, and then another, and then another, and these things escalate very quickly. Um, because each email comes across as formal, as dry, as confrontational, sometimes maybe even uh, passive-aggressive. But the phone call allows you to be direct, allows you to be um, assertive and straight to the point without doing as if you are sounding any war horns and getting ready for battle. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Part one was to make sure that you're dealing with the right sort of person. But assuming you have gone past that stage, and uh, this person is not paying your money. Part two is you have to call up a meeting. And in my own opinion, you want to call up that meeting, pick up a phone, or do this in face-to-face. Uh, -face. Maybe some of you are not so bold as to have handled this uh, sort of thing face-to-face. -face. So um, just pick up the phone and please do not send emails because emails make this thing ugly. Maybe by the time we're done with this whole series, I'll give um, a specific example of... Uh, what I'm something I'm trying to help someone walk through about how uh, I think for them was WhatsApp messages and things really got ugly. I mean, really, really, really ugly. But anyway, that's a topic for another day after we're done with this um, whole thing. So that's uh, the summary of part two. Pick up the phone and call for a meeting. 
So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Abuja Bay Sales Consultant and Event Media Professional, Tavishima Ayede. Thank you very much for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.